Alright, hey, it's the Good Advice Show. You're tuning in to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Blake. I'm also the owner of Good Advice and the host of this humble podcast that you've tuned into today. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to be talking about some actionable, tangible things to help you grow your business. Whether you are a budding entrepreneur who you are thinking about that first sale or whether you're more seasoned veteran who you are scaling your business, there's going to be some good advice for you today. But before we jump in today, here is a word about one of the amazing businesses that we like to promote on the podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our episode. See you soon. Have you ever put out some content or run a new advertising campaign or tried to launch a service that you just knew had magic to it? And then you were shocked to find out that no one seemed that interested in it. Maybe even felt downright depressed thinking, what is going on? Is something, did I mistype something? Did something go wrong here? There has to be a reason why people aren't latching onto this. You know, those moments where you know you have lightning in a bottle and yet it seems like people just aren't getting it. Well, you might need to hire a marketing company that can help you take your business to the next level. I want to tell you about Acelity Marketing. They're the marketing company that B2B SaaS companies can count on, and they help them grow faster with bold sales and marketing processes that actually work. See, it's not about creating content and then praying that, please, 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 please let me have a sale today. It's about trusting a business that's actually different because they have over 10 years of hands-on experience working with B2B companies. And remember, it's the outcomes that count. The results speak for themselves. That's why I trust Excelity Marketing. Go to ExcelityMarketing.com to find out more. So for today's episode, I didn't say much in the intro today. And it's it, I'm not I'm not intending on this episode to be very long, but there's something that I think needs to be talked about that I think many of us struggle with in business. And the sooner that each of us recognize this, the better off you'll be. And I think to put it in the most concise manner, uh, we are incredibly biased. We are uh, obviously massively in love with our own product or service. Otherwise, why would we do it? Why would we sell it? Why would we offer it if we didn't believe in it in some way? And that in many cases can be our biggest downfall in that it's hard for us sometimes to see things objectively. And I want to talk about the reason for this episode. Like, why am I, why am I talking about what I'm talking about today? There is a story of, uh, or I shouldn't say a story. This is a, this is a business that, um, uh, I found out about, uh, just this past week a business that is struggling, it's having a tough time, whether it's the downturn of the economy or what have you. And because the business has been struggling, they had to let go some of their staff people. So there is a cliche in this, or rather cliche is not the right word. There is a saying in this um, last in first out, which basically means the way these things typically go is whoever was hired last is often the first who is fired. So in this particular business, what ended up happening was they ended up following through with this line of thinking. It was, okay, we we need to cut our overhead. We need to let somebody go. Let's pick this salesperson who 
is the most recent hire that we have. So they let that person go. And this is all, by the way, so recent. This all transpired over the last month, I guess, that um, it's it's too soon to tell really the outcome of this. Well, digging into more details about this business, I found out some more things about particularly the salesperson who was let go. I found out that in addition to being the latest hire for the business, this salesperson had booked more one-on-one appointments with potential buyers than anyone else in the business, not only had booked the most meetings, but had actually had the most meetings in the previous 30 days, had had, I think, the most closed business also. This is somebody who clearly had a deep background in sales. Uh, and this might be also why this person was let go. Maybe the the business was like, hey, you'll land on your feet. You'll be okay. Um, so we're not worried about you know how you'll end up. But I, I came across some of this information. I was chatting with some people. And I found myself really shocked by this story because what the business probably needed is the person that they let go. It got me thinking about how often business owners really struggle with long-term thinking, with recognizing what they need to do beyond the day-to-day firefighting battles, customers that you want to satisfy, things that didn't work out the way you thought they would, things that cost more money than you thought they should, uh, products that were given to you that had blemishes or mistakes or what have you. You know, there's all these things that happen in business. And unfortunately, your business does not naturally say, hey, Blake, (laughs) take the day. Take the day to really plan out what the next uh, month is going to look like. I remember there was a guy who I was chatting with who had a really amazing business, but he was stuck. He couldn't seem to get over the hump for growing his business. And I said, well, what do you think it's going to take for that to happen for you? And he said, well, I think I would have to set aside, sorry, my dog's barking. He said, I think I would have to find a time to set aside a day out of the month to be able to think about my business long-term. And I said, okay, well, um, like, how are you going to do that? Like when, what day would that be on? And he's like, Blake, that's my problem is I, I simply don't have that day because every day I have so many things I have to deal with. And I told him, well, you know, your, your business isn't going to just gift you that day. And if you find yourself not having anything to work on, it's probably a bad sign for your business. Um, it probably means that, you know, you you really need that day, especially, But what I was explaining to him was, you know, you really have to make time for that kind of day. You really have to make time to think objectively because your business doesn't naturally allow you that time. So thinking about this particular business, they're struggling, they are bleeding money. And what they do is they let go the person who impulsively feels like the right decision because they are the last one in. However, this is the person who, objectively speaking, on paper, is creating the most traction for the business. 
This is actually, even though like as we're talking about it on the podcast, even though this feels like it is so obvious, uh, and that's probably one of the biggest flaws of my podcast is I probably make this stuff sound too easy or too simple or, you know, just do this. It's easy. And we all know that in practice, many of these things are actually pretty difficult, but that's also life, right? I mean, when we talk about the secret to, the ha- to a happy marriage, uh, we talk about quality time you know, setting time aside to nurture that relationship with your spouse and not just romantically, but, you know, a depth of a friendship. And there's nothing like conceptually difficult about understanding a happy marriage. Uh, It's just that when it comes to actually doing those things, it can become very clunky and difficult. I think running a business is similar. I think a lot of times these things really aren't conceptually challenging to understand. It's that, you are ultimately dealing with people and people are complicated. Uh, You are a person, your customers are people, you're hiring people. And so because of that, these things can feel really complex. So what am I getting at today? I think what I've noticed, this actually makes me think of when I was doing executive coaching with my previous business, we would do this thing called a 360, which was like this evaluative tool for people to see, uh, basically learn more about themselves as a leader and really get feedback from people they work with. One of the categories that they were rated against was strategic planning, or maybe it was strategic thinking. What I came to find out over doing dozens of these is that thinking strategically is a skill set you have to nurture and develop. So what is strategic thinking? When we talk about strategic thinking, we're not, we're not talking about um, being the genius entrepreneur who just sees the answer. I think it is understanding the need to train and develop this into ourselves. And I think we do this a number of ways. I think, first of all, we create that intentional space to be the boss. I think one of the most common things that I talk about with my customers is um transitioning out of the day-to-day to the big picture and thinking about your business as the CEO, as the owner, as the boss, because that conversation is very different from being in the weeds on a day-to-day basis, which by the way, I've noticed that many people are just simply incapable of doing this. I actually had a customer once who, this is where I was really pressing him. And he was like, Blake, I, I just can't do it. I can't get out of the sales world. Like I enjoy it too much. Uh, and I, get that because he's putting money in his business's pocket. But then also there's this other piece of like managing the business at scale, which is basically, okay, if you're not doing that, then who is? It's not your frontline employee, right? So there's then a limit on where this business goes. And if you're happy with that limit, great. But if not, that transition is going to have to change. So I think first of all, it's being intentional with your time, protecting that time. I think second of all, and this is something a little bit less sexy, I think, in the entrepreneurial world, you need some kind of data to inform your decision-making. Earlier, I mentioned that we are incredibly biased about our respective businesses. So if that is true, what do you use to make decisions in your business beyond, I just know it's the right call? I just know people are going to love it. I just know, you know, I've always loved that show, um, Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. And it's so predictable where he goes into this failing restaurant 
which if you guys don't know the premise of this show, Kitchen Nightmares, Gordon Ramsay, uh, Michelin chef, probably one of the greatest chefs in history. Um, he goes to a failing restaurant and it's like an hour long episode where he tries to turn around the, epi- the, the, the restaurant by the end of the episode. What's always so funny to me is he typically, one of the things he most often does, uh, I guess I'm kind of a junkie for this, by the way, cause I've seen so many episodes, but one of the things he most often does is he looks at the menu he looks at the menu, he orders off the menu, he tries different things. He's like, and he typically hates most of it, but typically what ends up happening is he redoes the menu. And it's so funny to me, the owners who are so resistant and sometimes indignant to this, who are like, oh no, you can't, you can't change that. You can't take that off the menu. And Gordon will say, well, why, why can't I? And the person will always say, well, our customers love that. And it always strikes me as odd because you have this person whose business is literally failing. They're on the brink of bankruptcy and they're talking about how much a customer loves a certain thing. And I think, well, all two of them, all three of them, like it can't be that great of an entree, right? Otherwise people would be rushing in. This happens a lot. This happens a lot. I've done it myself where I've thought, man, this is a really great thing that I offer and then I kind of get outside of myself where I get some feedback. I, you know, I have a, I get deliberate feedback from a customer and I realize, okay, that, that didn't go as quite well as I thought it was, or it wasn't quite as valuable as I thought it was. So all that to say, you need some kind of data, whether that's feedback that you're tracking from your customers, this can be surveys, this can be verbal feedback, this can be reviews. Um, but beyond that, you know, a great CRM tool, something that's tracking your sales, like where you can look at the products you're selling. These are, by the way, are all very basic things, but also many of us who are, who get into the entrepreneurial space are by nature creatives. And we've left, we've left the corporate world because we're resistant to those systems that in our mind are very corporatized when actually some of those systems are very useful for our business now. So I'd say second, get some data that uh, you can rely on for your decision-making. But I think think also third, it's getting a pair of eyes on the data, on your situation, someone who can give you advice, who is not in your business. Someone who can tell you that your baby is ugly, (laughs) you know, where you're beaming, where you're loving everything you're, you know, you're not making any money, but you're loving your business and someone who can come in and say, I don't know about this. And that can be a coach that can be a consultant. Uh, This isn't, this is not a shameless plug for good advice, by the way. But I do think uh, the way I've seen this play out, like internally in a business is like, you have a couple of people who are at the top of the business, you know, a few different co-founders of the business. And one person is managing the data And they present that data to the other two co-founders and says, yeah, our customers love this. This is what they want. You know, we should have more of, and really that single co-founder has injected their own biases into reading the data. You know, it's like they already are hoping customers say one thing. So they kind of like dig through the customer data to find where the random Joe Schmo actually said that. And they're like, see, this is what they love. So it's not just about like hiring consultants and coaches. It's about sharing the data where one person says, oh, our customers really love this. And then the other co-founder says, um, actually, I don't think that's what they're saying. I think they're saying they hate it. And here's why. 
Oh, okay. Now our decision-making is totally different because we got multiple eyes on what was actually happening in our business. So take some time, be intentional with thinking about your business objectively and actually planning about your business. Use data uh, and create systems to uh, help elevate that data. And lastly, put some objective eyes on your business so you can get out of the day-to-day, out of the firefighting, and actually take your business to a spot where, you know, maybe you're not even having to work 60, 78 hours a week. Maybe it kind of runs itself. Uh, there's a dream for a lot of us, right? Anywho, hey, short and sweet episode today. I just wanted to get this out at the end of the week. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Don't forget, if you enjoy the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click the subscribe or follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. Remember to tell your friends and family about all the good advice you get on this show. Also, don't forget that we do have a Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. Or if you want to advertise your business on the podcast, you can email me, Blake, at goodadvicecoaching.com. That's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.